really a great series. I just, of course, I like preaching, so, you know, everything, every week is, I really enjoy. Um, but we've been looking at this idea of being rich, and it's not about your material gain. It's about stewarding what God has entrusted to you and stewarding it well, and we're called to that. And so I've been, we've been walking through this for the last several weeks, and this is the last of this particular series. And this one is probably the one that um, is going to really hit home, I hope, for all of us, is the theme around today is denying self. You know, think about that, think about that thing. Have you ever wanted something so bad, and then you just, but you, you refrained from it because you really didn't need it? I see them. No, I just, no, I just got it. I, I, Beth and I, we frequent estate sales and garage sales. We like to find things that people don't think are worth anything and, and build them and fix them and make some things out of them. It's kind of our thing. We like to do that and it's fun for us because we do it together. And I'm amazed because I've been to a lot of estate sales and I've been to a fair amount of auctions over my life to, with Beth together and was that one yesterday here in Derby. And I'm trying to figure out why you need five vices. Last I checked, one works. And they had five on this big cart that they were selling. And I went and I was like, you know, I could, I could use a vice. And I realized I already had two at home, which is a bit ironic. And so you go around the cart and the guy had not one chainsaw, not two chainsaws, not three chainsaws, but four steel chainsaws. And I don't know about you, but if you know anything about steel, steel is an expensive line of chainsaw. Four of them. I'm thinking, I think one will do the work. But I, I think we kind of live in a culture that says more is better. One is not enough. And how do I know this? Oh, thank you, Corey. How do I know this? Because uh, I fish... I have more than one pole. How many of you got, how many of you are fishermen? How many of you got more than one pole? Own it. All right. Okay. All right. Same thing with you hunters. You know, you, you got the special gun. I realize you don't shoot deer with a shotgun unless you're just being cruel, but you got guns for certain things. Well, I got these fishing poles for certain things. That means justifying buying them because I, last I checked, you can do some things. But this, I, this, we live in a culture that says, don't deny yourself, just take what you need, get what you want. More is better. And I love what David Platt said about that. He said, we American, we American Christians have a way of taking the Jesus of the Bible and twisting him into a version of Jesus that we are more comfortable with. A middle-class American Jesus. A Jesus who doesn't mind materialism and who would never call us to give away everything we have. A Jesus who would find nominal devotion that does not infringe on our comforts. A Jesus who wants us to be balanced, who wants us to avoid dangerous extremes, and who, for that matter, wants us to avoid danger altogether. A Jesus who brings comfort and prosperity to us as we live our Christian spin on the American dream. I think for a lot of people, denying self Man, this is, the, uh, Jesus, I, I, I look forward to a relationship with you because I get to do everything else too. And we're going to be in the book of Mark. For some of you who've grown up, it'll be a, a familiar passage. It's in Mark chapter 8. And so I want to ask you three kind of crucial questions as we kind of get into this today. 
It's this. Who is Jesus to you? Okay, that is a really important question to you. Not what you know about him, but who is he to you personally? Okay, you need to answer that question. That's a really important question. Here's the second question. Is what did Jesus come to do for you? What did he come to do for you? And the third question, you see it as well. And then what does Jesus expect of you? Because there are some expectations of us. There are. And he calls us to that. So we're going to be looking at Mark chapter 8. Uh, it's a, for if, if you've grown up in church, it's a fairly familiar passage. But we're going to look at this because this idea of denying self is a real challenge for where we live as Christians. We all like stuff. We all, stuff isn't necessarily bad, but boy, it sure can side, get us sideways in a hurry. It can, it can derail the things that God wants to do because we don't say no. Uh, we say, let me pray about it. Or how many of you said, it was on sale? <laughs> I call that justified buying, by the way. Now, it was on sale. Yeah, it was on sale. It was a limited time offer. They're not going to do it again till next week. Some of you know what I, so I can see this. I can hear the groaning. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's me. All right, so let's look at this. This is in Mark chapter 8, starting in verse 27. And I want you to see kind of where we are. It says, And Jesus went out with his disciples to the village of Caesarea Philippi. And on his way, he asked his disciples, Who do, who do people say I am? So Jesus, let me just help you out here. When Jesus is asking a question, he is, he's a masterful he knows the answer. He wants to know what they're thinking. He wants to know what they're hearing because he knows that the things that they're hearing are shaping what they see and think about him. Do you realize that? He knows that they're hearing all this chatter about him and he knows that they are going, wow, he's, man, there are a lot of opinions about you, Jesus. And so he gets that answer. Look at what it says. It says, and they told him, John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others say one of the prophets. So he said, okay. okay. Jesus kind of knew that already. It wasn't like he was caught off guard by that. And then he asked them the big question. He says, okay, I know what they're thinking, but what are you thinking? Who do you say I am? Because isn't this kind of a big question? If these guys are going to really be invested and really buy into who he is and who he wants to be and that the message that he wants them to proclaim, they got to be all in. And he says, who do you say I am? And Peter answered just, man, he didn't try to babble on. He didn't try to, he just said, you're the Christ. For lack of a better term, you're it. You're, you're the one. You're it, you're it. And he says, and he strictly charged them to tell no one about him. How many of you have ever had a secret and you wanted to tell other people? And you were just like, oh, I know something. So you, you got a wedding engagement. You got a pregnancy coming. You're excited. You got, a, you got some vacation. Uh, you're something. And you're like, I can't tell anybody about this. This is no fun. And so he tells his disciples, they're like, yeah, he's like, he doesn't disagree with them. He says, yep, you're right. Now don't tell anybody. 
And then look at what he says. And he's, <clears throat> so he confirms that he's it. He doesn't deny it. He says, don't tell anybody. Like, you know, I'm right. I agree. And then he says this. He says, and he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm like, I'd be, oh, I didn't sign up for this. You're going to be dead. You're going to be, you're going to be, you're going to be arrested. You're, uh, you're going to be murdered and you're, you're going to rise again three days later. Um, do you see why, who do you say I am is really important here? Because he has just painted a fairly grim picture of what's ahead. Am I right? This isn't a rosy picture. This isn't a, wow, we're going to conquer it all. He's like, this is, where, this is where this is headed. Now, I love Peter because Peter, Peter tended just to shoot from the hip, so to speak. And he, man, he, <laughs> he just said stuff. He said a lot of stuff. And so he hears this, and I want you to catch the things that Jesus said were going to happen. He said this. And if, you're, if you want to write down the notes, these are things. This is the blueprint for denial. There's going to be a point of suffering. Somebody's going to reject you or you're going to be rejected. You're going to be killed and then resurrected. And Jesus said, this is the blueprint for what I'm about to model to you. And the disciples were going, yikes. Yikes. And so Peter being the, he was the voice of the rest of the guys. Because Peter's looking around and Peter's, and you can see everyone's going, I'm not doing that. I'm not, I didn't sign up for this. And then, <laughs> verse 32, love this. And he said plainly, and Peter took him, he said all that, and he said it plainly. He's like, he was sugarcoated. And Peter took him aside. How many of you have ever had that parent-child conversation and you took him aside? You ever had that? I was at Chick-fil-A yesterday. My daughter's like, um, Dad, I want to do this play thing. I'm like, no, babe. Um, this is to go. She says, I want to do the play thing. And so I'm waiting for my order, but when, you're, when you have the pickup order at Chick-fil-A, there's a place that says, it says a sign that says pickup right here. Well, I don't know if you've ever been to Chick-fil-A. The playground is on the other end. And that's where she wanted to be. And so she is meandering her way back around to the playground. And I'm, I'm talking to her with everybody there. I don't care who else is there. I said, over here now. And she kind of looked at me like, and she kind of does it a little slowly. And she, and she knows. And so now some of you, I, I'm new to this parenting thing. And I've given this look to the parent who's not in control. Some of you have given that look, and some of you have received that look. And so I see, I see like, a, a, there's a sea of parents right here, and then we're going around, and she's looking at me, and I'm like, come here now. And she's like, and she's just doing a little, not moving too fast, not being, she's being defiant. And so I get the, I go look at the parents like, yeah, you don't have any kind of control over this. I get that, that rolled eye like, if I were in your shoes, that would not have happened. And so I, yeah, thank you, Sonny. Right. <laughs> and so I walk around to where she is and I snap my finger and say, this way now. 
And, I, and then I go back around and I get that proverbial nod from the parents. That's right. Get you. <laughs> yeah. For that day. <laughs> so this is what Peter does. He, he grabs Jesus and he says, uh, Jesus, um, come here. Um, come over. If you look up the synonyms of rebuke, I love this one. I went through them and just kind of looked at them. And the one cinnamon that caught me, cinnamon? <laughs> Synonym. There we go. I like cinnamon too, but that's another thing. It says, give a talking to. Savior of the world, you just said he's the Christ. And in the same conversation, um, we need to talk. Come over here. I need to pull you away because I'm going to be stern with you. I'm going, to, I'm going to talk to you because you are talking nonsense. <laughs> Just think about that for a second. Jesus, come here. No, 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 no. You're not doing this right. Let me help you out here. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Because see, the, the key thing is seeing he saw his disciples. And you know what he saw his disciples doing? That's right, Peter. Talk to him. Talk some sense into him. Because what he's talking is nonsense. This denial stuff, we didn't sign up for this stuff. We didn't sign up for that picture. We didn't sign up for those things you just said you're going to do. And so all the disciples were going, yeah, I'm glad Peter's the one. Go. Sick him. Because how do we know that? Look at what it says in verse 33. And turning and seeing his disciples... He could see that they were, they were in agreement with Peter. Give him a firm talking to. And he rebuked Peter. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to get a talking to. Curses. And, and look at what he says. Jesus, Jesus is tough. What does it say? Get behind me, Satan. He calls him the devil. He's like, get behind me, Satan. Why does he say this? Because Peter is acting like Satan and not wanting Jesus to be the Savior of the world. Because when we don't, when we, when we, when we all don't want to deny ourselves and we don't want to live for the things of God, we want Jesus to be a version that is palatable. Like the, the thing I just read at the beginning, that's not too crazy, that's not too, uh, it's not too much. It's not asking too much of me. And he said, I love what Jesus said. I'm going to finish this. Says, he says, get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. On the things of man. See, denial is a crucial element to our faith journey because Jesus is not only going to ask you to give up some stuff, but more importantly, are you going to deny yourself and say, Jesus, what do you want for my life? I love what, I, I wrote this down, and I, I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but it made sense to me. It says, Peter offers Jesus the crown without the cross. Peter thinks he has a better plan. And too often, we like Peter want Jesus in our likeness. We want, we want one I can control and who fits my agenda. And I wrote, I, I, I remember I wrote a, I read a book a number of years ago called Your, Your God is Too Safe by a pastor named Mark Buchanan. And I want to read you what he said about a God who's too safe. 
He said, a safe God asks nothing of us and gives nothing to us. He never drives us to our knees in hunger, desperate praying, and never sets us on our feet in fury, fixed determination. He never makes us bold to dance. The safe God never whispers in our ears anything but greeting card slogans, and certainly never asks us to embarrass ourselves by shouting out from the rooftop. See, when Jesus is asking his disciples to deny themselves and to take up their cross, which he's about to tell them, he is saying, it's not about you. It's about reflecting me and doing what I've asked you to do because I'm about to model what this should look like. Okay? So verse 34 says this. It said, in calling the, the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, oh, there's my favorite word in the Bible, if. If anyone will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and the take up your cross is very personal, folks. And let me just tell you, we live in a culture right now that says, my relationship with Christ is my business and I'm going to live it however I want. I'm going to remind you again, your relationship with Christ is personal, but it's never private. Amen. It is to be lived out. There are people watching and you can say, well, Danny, that's my business. I'm going to live my life. No, 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 no. If you're going to have a personal relationship with Christ, here is where it's going to tell you how to do that. We have, the blo we have the blueprint to deny ourselves and to live our lives for Christ for the sake of what he did for us on the cross means that we're going to say, my life is, pro is personal. It's, it's personal, but it's also private. It's personal and public. How about that? And so he says that. He says, you need, if you're going to follow me, you've got to deny yourself. You, gotta, you can't say, well, I don't know. Can I have a little bit of all this together? Um, how many of you have ever had that moment when you were, when you were, you, somebody said deny yourself something and you're like, man, I really want that and I want it now. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard to wait. It's hard to, to, to do the things necessary to get the things you want. I want to show this little funny clip. Um, they did a test at a church and they set this up by having kids come into a room. It's called the marshmallow test. So check this out. This is a pretty funny thing about denying self. So enjoy. Okay, sit in that chair. All right, here's the deal. Marshmallow for you. You can either wait and I'll give you another one if you wait, or you can eat it now. When I come back, I'll give you two, another one, so then you'll have two. But stay in here and stay in the chair till I come back, okay? All right. I'm gonna go do something and then I'll come back. It smells yummy. Uh, it smells really
So it's up to you. You can have it now or you can wait. Okay? I'll be back. Stay in the chair, okay? Okay. So I'm gonna leave and then I'll come back, okay? So you can either eat it right now or you can wait. Either way, okay? Okay. <laughs> How'd you do? Did you do good? You did? You wanted to eat it, didn't you? Yeah. So did I tell you I'd give you another one? Okay, now you can have both. You need them. <laughs> All right. How many of you would be just challenged? Uh, we don't know how much time. I think it was three minutes, I think is what the, the thing set up for. I love it because you had one that she was already nibbling before she was done giving the instructions. So, And then you had this poor kid who was being like, you know... The, and when Christ calls us to deny self, it means that we're going to say no, because obviously two is better than one in that situation. They got two. All you had to do was wait. It was better. And so when Jesus called the crowd to him, he said, he said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And see, for you, to, when many of you came into a relationship with Christ because you denied yourself and said, I can't be the Christ in my life. It has to be the Jesus Christ who died on the cross because I can't be my own savior. That's not me. That's not me. I can't save myself. I can't earn it. And what Christ, what you're saying is Christ, I'm going to say yes to you and no to myself. And so if you're taking notes, if you want to grab a couple things, I'm going to throw these up on the screen. My cross, give up the right to self-determination. That self-determination is a powerful thing. I'm going to earn this thing. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to plow on. I'm going to, Jesus is good, but I can get there too on my own. And what Jesus is saying, you've got to deny yourself. Say, I can't get there on my own. I can't save myself. Only Christ can do that. And see, and acknowledging that is denying self. That's a big one. And the other one is, we've got to put to death this idol of me the idol of you, that somehow you can make it happen, that somehow you've got it all, that you can do this without Christ, that you can just get there. And so look at what he says in verse 35. He says, whoever will save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will gain it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can, be, what can a man give in return for his soul? 
He says, if you're, if, you're in the, if, you're, if you're pursuing earthly gain, what's the end for that? Are you going to be known for having a lot of stuff at an estate sale or an auction? Are you going to be known for how you live for God? How you, how you carried yourself, how you denied yourself for the kingdom of God? Because the reality is you can't take it with you. And I, I know that we, we hear that and we agree with that, but somehow we think we can. And I've done a lot of funerals and I've never seen another grave dug next to where you are to put your stuff in. I've never seen that. I'm sure you can pay for it, but I've never seen it. You can't take it with you. And Jesus is saying, look, this earthly gain is going to hijack you. If you're pursuing this, if it's whatever it may be, it isn't necessarily money, by the way. It certainly can be. It could be friendships. It could be a job. It could be education. It could be spiritual knowledge. Spiritual knowledge can get the religious leaders of Jesus' day were that way. And I know this about our culture because our culture kind of presses in on us. Our culture teaches performance-based. It teaches performance-based, that you're, you're it. And then achievement-based identity. So <clears throat> I've had friends who are pastors. I'm getting close to that season of life of retirement. And I, I remember how they struggled after they retired because their identity for the past 40 years was as a pastor. Some of you, when you retired from your job, it was an adjustment because your identity was this type of person doing this type of thing. Some of you moms, when your children moved out and got married, your identity was wrapped in that. And those aren't bad things, but they certainly can hijack you. Like, what do I do now? What am I about now? And so when you throw in performance with this achievement and you get this identity and it's not in Christ, it can be really unhealthy for us. It can steal from us what was intended. And I'll tell you this, and this is, I know this to be certain. The, the lie in all of that is that it's never enough. I need more. I need to do more. I need to achieve more. I need to, I need to, I need to do this. I need to more likes. I need, to, I need to work harder. I need to, I need to, do you get the thing I need instead of deny self and say this is enough? I love God's math on this. Don't build your identity on gaining things in this world. And let me just remind you, there is a wrong fishing, fishing poles and st- stuff is not bad. It's just that, is that stuff consuming you that this is, it's become your identity? You have to ask that question. The cross points us to the identity Christ wants for all of us. It's a, are you prepared to sacrifice? Are you prepared to say no? Are you prepared to say, God, I'm yours. God, I'm going to do some stuff that's going to take me out of my comfort zone. Identity is a big thing, regardless of your age, because we all kind of fight it. Who do people say I am? We, we, you know, what do people think of me? What do people think of me as a pastor? What do people think of me as the neighbor, as the person in the grocery store? We all, we all, what do they think? What do they think? And if we constantly are concerned about what everybody else thinks and not what God thinks, we're going to be, we're going to be pursuing that stuff, and that that becomes our identity. And just like the little kids with the marshmallows, instead of waiting on God and trusting God and saying, God, I'm going to say no to some stuff, we just take and go and not wait and not say no to some stuff that we should say no to. 
So what identity are you currently pursuing? Is it a job? Is it finance? Is it being liked? Is it job performance? Is it how I look to the rest of the people? What is it? Because Jesus is saying, if, you don't, if you're not going to deny yourself, you're, then you're certainly not going to acknowledge me. That's the hard part. If you're not going to deny yourself, you're not going to acknowledge Christ as Savior of your life. He may be a tag on, like, oh yeah, I do the church thing, but not really doing too much. Don't want to go crazy here. Verse 38 says this, says, whoever, look at what he says, talking about denial. Whoever is ashamed of me, strong words, by the way, ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him, will the Son of Man also be ashamed of when it comes to the glory of his Father with the holy angels. He's pretty clear. He's like, if you, if you don't, if you can't own me here, then I will deny you before my father. If you, if you're, if, if you don't live for me now and you don't, and you have denied me that when you stand before a holy God, he's like, I don't know. These are Jesus words. I never knew you because Jesus said these to the religious leaders. He's like, you can tell me all the, Jesus, we prophesied in your name. We went to church. I tithed. I, I was at church every Sunday. I did all the right things. I was, I was, I was more moral than the person on the left and on the right. And Jesus is going to say, depart from me because I never knew you. There's a big difference between knew you and knowing about you. The knew you is personal. That meant you were willing to deny yourself and say, Jesus is center of my life. Jesus is my, my Savior and my Lord. And I surrender myself because I can't do it through self-determination. I can't do enough. I can make myself look better and more spiritual than the people on the left or on my right. Any of us can do that, by the way, because our bar is too low. But when you measure yourself against the holy standards of God, all of a sudden the brakes get slammed on because then you realize you don't measure up unless Christ is in your life. And so Jesus is saying, you can, you can, you can, you can, you can dazzle everybody else, but you're not dazzling me. I see right through it. And he says, if you're ashamed of me, like... Yeah, I'm going to do the Christian thing and do the Sunday thing, and then I'm going to live my life however I want. See, when we deny self, it's not only about monetary thing, it's about how I live my life after this one hour of service. How I treat people when I go out to eat. How I treat my neighbors, my employers, my employees. Um, how I am, as, as we talked about at the, at the traffic light that Keith said, because worship doesn't end here. It's just a continuation of our lives. And if we're denying Christ, technically this should be the easiest place to deny Christ. In some places, times it's the hardest. Because we want to give off this image that we got it all together. We got it all figured out. I'm doing better than most. And Dreis is saying, you need to bring me your true self. You need to let it go. To deny yourself is say Christ is put in the rightful place of our lives. That means you guys say no. You guys say no. I love what A.W. Tozer said about that. He says, in every Christian's heart, there is a cross and a throne. And the Christian is on the throne until until he puts himself on the cross. If he refuses the cross, he remains on the throne. And we had said that in our last series. See, he's asking you to get off your own throne and put yourself on the cross and saying, I deny myself. And I'm going to live the way Christ lived in humble sacrifice. And that ain't easy, folks, because I don't care how old you get. Denying self is a constant tension for us because we always, I've denied myself a lot. I deserve this. 
I've been waiting a long time for this. I've, I've, I've earned this right, God. You don't understand. I get to do some stuff now. And I think for us, when, he, when we're called to deny, it's to say, Christ, we trust you with what you've given us. It's yours. I want to honor you with what I've got. And to deny ourselves is to say, Christ, you're it. And you're worthy of denial. You're worthy of saying, no more of me, more of you. How much freedom would you have in your, in your life if you said no to a few things that God has clearly told you to say no to? How much, how much more joy, how much more trust would grow because you said no more of this? See, denying self is saying yes to Christ, is to say, I want more of him and less of me. And that's what he was teaching his disciples. He says, this is how it's going to be. It's not going to be popular. And that's why Peter pulls him aside and says, we need to talk. To live for Christ is to die as gain. Paul said that. So when you think about today, it's like, oh, I can deny it. You know, Danny, I'm just not going to get the bigger meal when I go out today. That's my denial for the week. I mean, just to help you out, God wants more from you than that. He wants more from you than that. You can withhold eating a little less food. Okay, good for you. But what God is calling you to is much more than that. Much more than that. And you know that, folks. You know that. So when he tells you to say no to some things, it's because he wants you to say yes to him more often and not less. Make sense? Denial is a hard thing because we want. Our natural inclination is to want. And if you want a humble reality, just go to an estate seller auction and go, holy cow, they got a lot of stuff. They got a lot of stuff. And it's not bad stuff. But I go back to the four chainsaws and five vices that the guy had yesterday. It's like, it's a lot. And man, when we're pursuing stuff, we have a hard time saying no. When we're pursuing stuff, we have a hard time saying no to the things God wants us to say no to. Because then we won't say yes to the things He wants to do in our lives. Because we're always about me. So here's the thing. For you this morning, maybe the most important thing that you'll do is deny yourself and say, God, I can't save myself. I've been trying I've done the church thing. I've been going to this church for weeks, months, years, decades. And I have tried to save myself. And I can't. And today, I surrender myself to you. Because I can't do it. That might be you. And you need to talk to one of our pastors today. Don't put it off. And that means denying yourself and swallowing some pride and say, I've put off this image that isn't real. The second thing is maybe God is challenging you to deny something. You're, you're Christian, but man, you, you just haven't denied him for anything. You keep, you keep filling your bucket full of stuff. And God's like, can you just say no to something? Can you just say no to something? And so he's asking you to do that because he knows that when you start to say no to those things, you're going to start saying yes to the things he has that are far more valuable and they're more heavenly minded and not so much earthly minded. Make sense? So maybe you need to do some business with God. But I believe in this room with a group this many, there may be somebody in this room that they have tried to be their own savior. And today's the day they need to say, I'm done trying to do that. And you need to talk to one of our pastors. We want to help you make the most significant decision you'll ever make in your life is to make him savior and Lord and deny yourself and say, God, I'm going to take up my cross because of what you did on the cross for me. Okay? 
So this altar is a place. Our pastors are here. Maybe you've taken our PVC 101 and you say, you know, this is where I want to plant myself and I want to call this place home. That's your opportunity. Let's pray and we'll, uh, we'll keep dancing. God, the hardest part for all of us in this room, like the kids with the marshmallows, is to wait, is to say no. Because all of us kind of want it now. We want instant savings accounts. We want instant spirituality. We want all the things that everybody else has. And God, you're asking us to deny ourselves. And in that denial, what we're saying is, God, you're it. I'm not. And when he he said that to the disciples, he said, take up your cross because it was personal. A cross meant it was a sacrifice. It was public. It was vulnerable. It was going to cause some pain. It was going to cause some discomfort. And when he talked about denying ourselves, God, I just thank you for that model because it gives us a blueprint of how to deny ourselves. Because in the end, when we deny ourselves for you, our reward is in heaven and it's eternal and it's perfect because of what your son did for us on the cross. And I pray, Father, with all my heart that there may be some, maybe more than one in here that they've tried to be their own savior and they're never going to make it. And maybe today is that realization that they need to surrender their life to you and deny themselves and take up their personal relationship with you and live in that. There may be some in this room that personal denial has been a real struggle because they've just said yes to too many things that you didn't ask them to say yes to. And Father, for the next few moments, I pray that we will do business with you. There may be, again, some God that just the denial of self says no longer am I going to live my my faith privately and under the radar but I'm going to be public about it and for to do that maybe they need to be a part of this fellowship and maybe they need to take that step whatever needs to happen God I pray that you make it you 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 do what you do best God you convict us and ask us to respond accordingly it's in your name that I pray amen I'll ask you to stand altars open our pastors are available if we can help you we would be honored use this time